The Rufus Project would like to advise the following podcast contains spoilers for a chorus line from 1985. If you do not wish to have this movie spoiled, please watch it before listening to the following podcast. Is it a chorus of triumph or is it met with a chorus of disapproval? We watched a chorus line from 1985 to see if we could redeem it. Were we successful? Find out after the theme. So bad it's good, what's this movie? Do you think we should? It's got bad, I love dodgy creatures, but we want to know what the redeeming features. Hello and welcome to the Rufus Project Redeeming Features cast, this time looking at a chorus line from 1985. I am Trevor Holland and I am joined by my good friend and co-host... Movie's Esther Christian Fletcher. Thank you so much, Trevor. <laughs> oh, no, I, I say hey, that, that rhymes. <laughs> it's, oh, it's always good when I stumble on something like that, Trevor. So thank you so much <laughs> for having me back to um, to review this. And um, yeah, letting me suggest it. Not a movie I would have thought we'd choose normally, but it's always good to try something different. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said last time, I mean, I I had never seen this, so I always get uh, I get a bit excited when I get to see a movie I hadn't seen before. And uh, the way you announced it last week, oh, last time, a chorus line was just <laughs> it was just magic, Christian. It really was. So how could I not be excited about watching this movie? And I hope and and and, and let's just correct. You know, your um, viewing of the movie actually lives up to the way I said that titled. So it's funny because um, I have seen this movie quite a lot as a, as a youngin. I remember um, raiding the local video section. Um, I'm sorry, the local musical section of the video shop and stump and watching this quite a few times. So, but as we always say, watching it with redeeming features hut is a totally different ballpark. Absolutely. Now, if anyone hasn't seen a chorus line, I've got a, a little synopsis here that I dug up. Hopefuls try out before a demanding director for a part in a new musical. Short and sweet. I suppose it sums it up quite well, even though there are rumours. Yeah, it's pretty much the core of it, even though I don't think it really portrays what the movie is, but we'll get to that. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and, and being based on a, on a hit stage musical, I believe that the whole point was kind of missed entirely from how we get to that a bit more as well. Yeah, I've got no idea what the uh, what the original stage musical is about either. So, again, I was just went in completely open minded. <laughs> so, I have heard though that it it kind of misses the point. I can't say for sure, but <laughs> that's what I get. Now, uh, besides that, I mean, I went through and I had a look at the awards section of uh, of IMDb for for this movie. Now, it didn't have any wins. But then it also didn't have any Razzies or anything like that either. So it was nominated for Best Sound, Best Film Editing and Best Song at the 1986 Academy Awards. It was up for Best Comedy or Musical and Best Director at the Golden Globes. It was up for Best Editing and Best Sound at the BAFTAs. And it was also up for Best Foreign Language Film at the Awards of the Japanese Academy in 1987. Interesting array of, of awards there, and not usually something that you'd give to a, a movie that's got quite a, I suppose, a dubious kind of history or, or, um, or sort of reputation. But, um, but like I, you mentioned the, um, the Oscar nomination for best song, and it's like what you see in a lot of films. I think they even do it when they do musicals now. They'll, they'll write a new song so that, um, it will be considered for a, um, an Oscar because they can't use a song that had actually been in the stage show to be awarded. It has to be a new song. So hence the reason for the inclusion of a couple of things that, that did upset fans and, uh, and changed a lot of the source material. Oh, there you go. Again, completely unknown to me, <laughs> so that is great. And I think that's a, a good way to move into our turkey trivia. So this is where we talk turkey and trivia. So it kind of is all in the title. So, um, <laughs> it goes well together. <laughs> it does, it does indeed. Now, this movie is actually rated 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Not that bad, not too shabby. It had a budget of $27 million, and the box office takings 
were around $14.2 million. Oh, so, gosh. Mm. So, by standards, as we've said, you usually have to multiply it to include publicity, and yeah, that's that's not a good um, good return. And considering it's actually near impossible to find even on DVD in Australia, I don't think they would have even got too much return. Yeah, yeah, definitely was not the not the easiest movie for two to find. But, you know, we will always uh, do our best. Now, uh, just looking at, it, at some of the trivia, one of the first things that comes up is that the song Dance 10 Looks 3 was originally called Tits and Ass, but it was changed so the audience would not see the title listed in the programs. Uh, and the logic behind that was that it was if it was a bigger surprise during the show, it would get a better audience reaction. Yeah, definitely always referred to as Tits and Ass whenever I <laughs> see reference to it. Yeah, it was a bit of a... Uh, uh, no, I almost jumped ahead there. <laughs> almost jumped ahead. We're not in the general chat yet. We're talking about the trivia. And I don't have the actual facts on me, but I believe at the time when um, even, you know, sort of when Cats came around in sort of the early um, early 80s, I think Chorus Line was at the point at that point the longest-running Broadway musical of all time, you know. So it had been... You know, it was quite a big hit, so it did take a while before the transfer to screen, but it was probably inevitable. So, uh, again, just to relate to something that... Uh, that, that relates to something you did recently. Madonna auditioned for a role, uh, but she was rejected by director Richard Attenborough. Oh, quite interesting, actually, considering she would have been you know, famous at the time when she would have auditioned too. So <laughs> I don't think she missed out too much anyway, looking at the history of the film. <laughs> Maybe she was too famous uh, to, to be considered by, by Richard Attenborough. Well, that's a, and that's the thing. Like uh, with, uh, I think so many people had this real. Um, what's the word? They, they were very diehard about the stage show. So I think a lot of people felt that by turning it into a movie, they were, you know, uh, you know, uh, changing their baby. So um, yeah. So I think um, yeah, maybe having some famous names and it might not have worked too well. But um, yeah, we will get to some of the changes later. But yeah, I, I think. Going in when it was made, I think it was probably always going to be kind of a, a, a rough start. It was <laughs> it was never going to be greeted necessarily with the best response. So, what well, do you think it might have got a better response if uh, one of the other people considered for the role of Zach was used? I, uh, I suppose a returning champion to the redeeming features cast, John Travolta was considered for the role of Zach. Oh, interesting. Maybe he re- maybe he thought he was being wasted in the role because, as I'll, I'll get to, uh, Michael Douglas doesn't have really too much to do. So uh, I was thinking too. Uh, maybe they were thinking um, post staying alive. You know, the Saturday Night Fever sequel, which we've also oh, looked yeah. at. Yeah. <laughs> They're thinking kind of fitted in with that. So cool. It was still, um, you know, very much of that mid eighties dance boom, the dance movie. You know, and and you could definitely tell that with the fashions as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I may have made a few points about that, but we will get to that. <laughs> uh, now, the the last the last bit of trivia I have was that one of the changes we've mentioned a few times uh, from the Broadway play was that Cassie didn't get the job originally, uh, but after a few performances, they changed it, and that always got a standing ovation afterwards. So, kind of a, a, something in the actual stage play that was changed for the stage play that then made it into the movie. Oh, see, at least they did that. But again, I'm sure the the role of I'm sure the plot involving them and all that it was is, is totally different. I'm not sure, but as as you know, as I said, we'll get to a lot of this stuff. But yeah, I felt a lot like they were trying to flesh it out a little bit more than than possibly its stage roots. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Uh, well, we'll move on. We'll move on, and and I think we are pretty keen to chat about it. So we better set our baseline, Christian. I've gone to Amazon and I've dug up a review so we can see what we're working from in our efforts to redeem the movie. The title of this review is quite simply, Steer Clear. As brilliantly tart, moving and original as a chorus line was on stage, this movie is beyond dreadful. Somehow managing to find perhaps the most unappealing cast of dancers and singers ever assembled and spotlighting a silly, flashback-filled romance between Michael Douglas and Alison Fraser, Cassie. Attenborough has no understanding at all of what makes this strictly backstage buzz musical tick. There are moments that border on camp, but don't go there all the way. So this movie is not even worth laughing at, it is simply a bad movie. 
the musical numbers, given an 80s pumped-up arrangement and dated MTV-style look, are diluted of virtually everything that made them sizzle on the stage. Michael Bennett was the heart and soul of the only chorus line worth its salt. His staging of the classic Broadway version in 1975, which of course has been remounted countless times across the country since then, do yourself a favour and catch it on its real feet. You will be moved, uplifted and bedazzled. But this movie gets one star. Ooh, not as scathing as some of the reviews I've read on IMDb, but it's still kind of up there. So, But as you can see, these people are quite affectionate about the stage show. And I will be honest, you know, I'm familiar enough with the extra stuff and, and, and some of the changes that were made for the movie. But, um, yeah, I've never actually seen the production on stage. But people were quite livid, let's just say. <laughs> Quite possibly. Especially, uh, I can imagine if you were a big fan of the stage show and then went to see a movie that you weren't too happy with, sitting there for almost two hours probably wouldn't have helped. <laughs> exactly. I know, I, I actually was thinking, oh, it might be about an hour and a half, and then I, I looked at the DVD case. Yes, I have the DVD, the rare to find DVD. And um, then so, yeah, I thought, oh gosh, just under two hours. So I tried. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do try. But you know what? Again, as always, I love seeing that line oh, at the start. Oh, it's always so good seeing the line and still so good to see it in mid-80s films as well. So um, it, it's always, I was going to say it's always a sign of a good movie, but that could be debatable with some of the titles we watch. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it, I don't think we can say it's always been in front of a good movie. Uh, but I, mean, I tell you what, even though I've only seen it once, though, I, I, I do kind of... Uh, when the Columbia Pictures logo came up, I kind of wanted it, wanted it to start dancing. Oh, you know? that was about the, one of the few good things from uh, "Thank God It's Friday" was the dancing <laughs> Columbia Pictures lady. Oh, what are you talking about, Trevor? I raised all memory of that movie. <laughs> but yeah, I do know what you mean. I, I am a bit bitter that Columbia didn't at least keep that going for their logo, at least into the eighties. So, but um, but one thing I um I always love about an opening is as soon as I get straight into it with the bam, 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 and this this movie pretty much from from the outset is is a dance musical you know <laughs> you've got you know that that those opening strains of i think it was like the piano playing lightly and then yeah pretty much straight into the scenes of the dancers with the credits playing over the top so yeah not wasting any time that's right yeah um and i did notice like the 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 credits themselves the uh <laughs> it sounds very geeky but i like the font it was very hard deco <laughs> yeah i did actually notice that too and i thought it was interesting to notice um michael douglas's credits sort of amongst all the other dancers as well and he didn't really take top billing so i thought that was quite interesting as well and i'm wondering if it was because they realized he had a very small part in the movie in, in relation to a lot of the other people yeah well considering you didn't even see his face for quite some time it was just like this shadowy guy behind a desk but he, even that you didn't see for for quite a while so for for probably the biggest name in the movie they certainly uh didn't really put him front and center until quite later on maybe he was worried about the future of the movie and thought he'd hide in the shadows just to be safe <laughs> Yeah, sitting up there in the dark, smoking a cigarette, <laughs> judging everyone. But I did mention earlier um, Saturday Night Fever that we've looked at before, and um, yeah, immediately with that opening scene of all the dances and all that rehearsing, just immediately reminded me of the opening scene of that with all the the eighties lycra and yeah, and, and assorted <laughs> fashions. Oh yeah, there was so much eighties in those clothes and the 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 leggings and the. Oh, whatever you call them. I don't know the names of all the dancing clothes. <laughs> I'd be a bit worried if you did, Trevor, I think. <laughs> yeah, whatever they're called. It's fine. <laughs> they were 80s. They were so 80s. But that's the thing that reviewer mentioned, the fact that the, the soundtrack has been updated quite a lot. And um, I do have the 70s soundtrack on vinyl, you know, from the stage show, but I haven't compared them. But, um, yeah, I do notice, you know, a lot, of, even a lot of the moves, very 80s and, and um, very much of the MTV era. But uh, possibly yeah. an area they could have possibly looked at a little bit more, but we can get to that. Yep, yep. But uh, I'll tell you what, though, those dancers uh, certainly seemed to catch on quick. They just ran on stage and suddenly they were all dancing in unison. I couldn't see anything except for the, the deliberately focused on people that weren't quite getting it right that they were thrown in there to try to show that it was an audition and not a well-rehearsed stage number. 
Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing too. Like you, um, and that that opening number just seemed to go on and on too. Like not in a bad way, but I think I clocked in about twenty minutes, and I'm like, oh, the opening song is still going. So I suppose it, it gave us a bit of an insight into behind the scenes of the audition process. I suppose where you have to catch on quite quick, or you're, you're out. Yeah, we could have noticed though that they uh, tended to focus on, on a few faces, particularly during that entire extended sequence, and you're thinking. Could they perhaps be the main players? You know, and in amongst all these people, they're just focusing on these these very specific ones. Yeah, definitely. And you, and um, and the ones, as you said, the really obvious ones that aren't going to get through, or the ones I'll just give witty line, one-liners to, or they'll say stuff like, oh, "I'll try next time." So, and that's apparently where the the movie apparently missed a lot of the point. Is in the stage show, it was more about these people having one final you know, audition or one final show before they sort of, you know, give up show business. Whereas this was more about the, I suppose, the young hopefuls that were trying to make it big. Cause that, except for that older character, um, Sheila, they were all pretty much, you know, young and starting out. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, Michael was certainly serious. I think there was one point, one of the girls who ended up getting through into the main section, she's sort of like, not dancing all that well, and he just starts up. He just goes, "Stop dancing!" Yeah, okay, what? Why? And then she still got in. Hey, what's going on? I know. And there were there were a few times. I think I'll, I'll get to it. Where later on, where you're thinking, oh, "Okay, I thought that was you know, I thought that was you out of it." And the next the next scene, they'll be dancing away. It's almost like they just snuck in, thinking they wouldn't even be noticed. <laughs> and that and that was the thing. As you said, a lot of these people weren't standing out as much, so you were thinking, how is he dwindling these people down to what ended up being, I think, 12 before it became the final eight? Yeah, it, it, it wasn't too clear, but, you know, they kept it moving. But as you were saying, this opening sequence went on so long, uh, just with them dancing, uh, the choreographer uh, leading them all through and, and separating them all apart. So when the dancers actually did start singing and and the first i suppose uh song started it really felt weird to me it, it was just like hang on they they're suddenly singing we've been watching them dance for the, like the last <laughs> 5 minutes and now it's a song yeah i know what you mean like i watched it with a friend as well and it, it did feel almost quite jarring and almost cuz that given us that, yeah, pretty much that reality. You, you hadn't felt like you'd gone into musical territory until this sort of ten or fifteen minute mark of the movie. So yeah, it was quite, quite jarring. And and I, I don't know if it was just me, but I noticed from the outset they possibly cast people based more on their dancing than their singing ability. Quite possibly. I mean, well, he did say that he wanted them for the chorus line, and it had to be all about the dancing, uh, even though they do end up having to do a song. Uh, I mean, no one can really talk about themselves unless they're singing. So, yeah, again, for the movie version, you're thinking, okay, but there there were a few that didn't actually sing. They just had more of a, usually some very strange bit of dialogue that they had to get out. And then it would cut through to everyone being fascinated with ballet. Yeah, oh, or yeah, or attempts at trying to be like I think um, we mentioned. I think it was that review mentioned where it's kind of like these MTV type clips that sort of try to be all funky and and go the direct, you know, try to be these big lavish production numbers, but sort of don't quite get there. <laughs> mm. And and it almost I don't know if you know, you know, as you said, not knowing anything about the stage show, but I don't know if you could tell early on, Trevor, that you could really see that this was something that possibly should have remained on stage and not be turned into a movie, like. It, it was something that they were already, you could see, they were trying to flesh out, and it just, you could see a lot of that stuff working on stage and not in the movie. That's pretty much what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was that, but also, um, the whole thing when, when Cassie turns up and starts trying to get Michael Douglas's attention, and then we get these, just out of nowhere, there's a sudden flashback to them, um, outside the theatre, you know, looking very happy about a poster that's gone up before it cuts back to Michael just, Basically, cold shouldering her and telling her to go away, and you're going, okay, yeah, and a, and a subplot, if I suppose, I suppose that's what you call it, a, a subplot of the movie, yeah, that that kind of just keeps going to a point where you're like, just bloody see, Cassie, I'm sick of hearing about it. Like, it almost annoyed me when they pulled focus off the main, even though some of the songs are, are quite annoying, or you know, some of their stories are kind of like, oh, okay, 
you, you kind of felt that when they they you know went back to sort of Cassie scenes of her trying to get this you know meeting with him that it just got to the point where you're like just bloody see her or or do something else like it became a bit much. Yeah, especially when she sort of gives up almost straight away and then goes outside to the. I, I think when she comes in, it looks like a perfectly sunny day, but when she goes back out, it's pouring rain. And this lysome dance that was apparently meant to be absolutely amazing, as we find out later in the movie, falls over trying to get into a taxi. It's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like that she thinks she can just escape from the theatre wearing a leotard, going out into the snow or whatever. But but hey, as you said, it was bright sunshine earlier. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, When she was turning up in her uh, heavily uh, branded JVC taxi. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hey, it was the 80s where they have to have as much brand naming as possible. But I thought you were going to say something about the outfits, but there's always those really heavy coats and things like that. But but I look, you know, not knowing enough about the stage show, I'm assuming the role of Cassie has been changed a lot for the movie and sort of, I don't know if she had a connection with Zack. I've heard that in the stage show that the role of Zack is just a voiceover. So, you know, we don't actually ever see the director. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is something that's just been sort of added to sort of flesh the story out but um yeah as you said you just sort of the only way you can kind of tell it's a flashback is oh my god we can see michael douglas's face and cassie would have a really bad wig on yeah yeah very much so i I think i think it's safe to say that the whole uh cassie's act thing was definitely shoehorned in to try to try to make the movie just not entirely a bunch of people standing on stage talking slash singing about themselves well because apparently well that's essentially what the stage show is apparently you know a whole heap of mirrors a whole line of people just talking to the audience for an hour and a half and i believe there's not even intermission so turning that into a movie i could have yeah i I think they maybe should have steered clear but anyway that's not saying too much that's just saying you know it's quite a quite would have been quite a challenge going in yeah well to show my my ignorance of a chorus line I think it was about 40, 50 minutes in that I just suddenly said to, to Susie, who was watching it with me, so wait, this entire movie is the audition? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but at least at least you got to the 50-minute mark. It's not as bad. <laughs> you weren't going quite 10 minutes in what's happening. But yeah, so uh, again, a lot of these sort of elements that kept coming up, I, I you know, would still appreciate, but I'd go, oh, I could see why that would have not been weird on stage. The whole, as we said, you know, them starting to sing after having danced for just 10 minutes. But, um, yeah, it is quite funny. You know, God, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. Like, because apparently <laughs> how they wrote the show was based on, you know, they interviewed about 500 um, Broadway performers, you know, about their experiences. So very much the dialogue is, I mean, sorry, the, the songs are very much like what you said, very much sort of spoken or telling a story. So, um, yeah, you, you sort of got used to it after a while that they're going to sort of speak what's happening, aren't they? Hmm. <laughs> But then the things that kind of got picked to turn into full song and dance numbers, like you got some people being very serious about their lives and that's it. And then someone starts talking about her, the the acting teacher back at high school who didn't think that she could act. And that gets turned into a full, very long song and dance number. You go, okay, um, interesting. Well, um, that actually reminded me of a note, too, because, you know, you were saying about the serious ones. You've got the, I can't remember the character, I think it's Paul, that, that um, comes back later when no one's on stage to say his story about, you know, growing up gay and, and being a drag queen and, and his parents finding out and things like that. And I did actually read that because of, to make the film more family-friendly, they toned down a lot of the sort of gay themes and things like that that were brought up apparently in the stage So, So mm. I um, I do wonder if, yeah, they're highlighting more, the, as you said, more the maybe the comic relief songs, but even in that case, a lot of them weren't that. Like, the one that I find, like, it's a catchy enough song, but that I can do that, dun, dun, dun. It's like, okay, you're pretty much just telling us about how you, you, you stole your sister's ballet shoes and used to go and dance behind, you know, on the weekends, but it becomes this full production number with him leaping off the ceilings and <laughs> you, you're going, I think that it, it could have really it could have really lent itself to a ballad every now and then possibly or, or a bit of a serious moment rather than I suppose one skit after another. Yeah, well, I mean, you say that, but then uh, I think I mentioned before the, the song about ballet and these three women sort of like basically singing about how terrible their lives were until they went and then they went to the ballet and the ballet was great and the ballet was the things that they enjoyed 
when they weren't living their horrible <laughs> lives. You're going, w- w- this got very dark yeah. all of a sudden. <laughs> but, but literally, I love how it visually, just to mix it up a bit, because, you know, most of the time we're seeing, you know, just the, this line of, this obviously chorus line of people um, on the front of the stage with nothing much happening, but they have to bring out a spotlight and then it starts to go to dark and it, yeah, they try to do all these kind of visual effects. And it, it's kind of clever going, you can tell from one story to another, essentially. But, yeah, you're wondering how the whole ballet thing ties in. And and that's probably another thing about this movie is, you know, it's sort of just a whole heap of them singing about their different experiences, but it doesn't really tie them in, doesn't give them any more sort of depth, I suppose. I don't know if that's the right word to use. But, yeah, it's not touched on again, let's just say. They don't end up becoming these huge ballerinas by the end of the movie, having been inspired by the ballet. It's just something that, yeah, it just sort of comes and goes, and it's a bit strange, some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, the whole, I suppose the whole conceit is is Michael Douglas basically saying he wants to try to base it off their personalities, but then they all have to do exactly the same thing in the chorus in the chorus line anyway. So it's not like they can really show off their personalities. So yeah. again, it really seems to be very, very unclear as to exactly what they're trying to achieve. Again, I think missing the point of the stage show, or possibly it's just something that probably didn't even wouldn't work, would never have worked in translation to screen. So. Yeah, and a lot of the things too is he'd say he got mad at them for, you know, putting up this guard and, and being quite, I suppose, comic and, and not sort of being the real them. But then, yes, yeah, some of the times they'd get to their stories and it was pretty much just them being comical again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was really hard for you to sort of differentiate what these real people were. So, and when you did sort of get to know them on a one, you know, on, in a serious level, it was usually in a one-on-one conversation when all the other actors were elsewhere. And, and only a few of them got that opportunity as well. I mean, the uh, the token black character, I'm just going to call him that because he was the only black character in this entire movie. Uh, he, like, when, when he has his song, and suddenly they're, they're talking about, they talk to one guy about sex who doesn't say much, and somebody else says, I know nothing about it, and then suddenly this other guy is singing this very, very, very extended song about... Uh, the first time he made love in a graveyard. I know. And then the second time. And then how after the third time, it all got great. And that's not a big conceit for a song, but it goes for like five, six minutes. And then, it full... and then I love how it has to, you know, because as I, you know, visually they have to mix it up. I love how it then goes into a whole, like the lights all, t- I think the whole scene just turns blue and then they all start doing this kind of like, uh, but again, something like something out of Staying Alive, the movie, you know, all these sort of um, bizarre 80s group routines just to kind of mix it up a mm. bit. But that was actually the song that was nominated for the Academy Award. So it, that would probably explain why it did feel kind of thrown in there. But uh, this, you mentioned the song about sex that happened just before it. That was, a, I think it was called Hello Hello 12, Hello 13, Hello Love or something like that. That was a, another popular song from the musical that was scrapped in favour of that new song that was, was to get the Oscar. So, yeah, I can see why <laughs> it would have been quite a big change. Yeah, yeah, I, that's Hello 12, Hello 13. I just actually kind of find it a bit creepy since they were singing about sex. But oh, anyway. I know. And, 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 and like possibly if they've gone, I have heard the full song on the um, the, the original cast recording, but yeah, if we'd heard the full song in its entirety, hey, it might have made a bit more sense, but the fact that he's talking about it and they're kind of, it's like they're reminiscing about, yeah, anyway, I don't want to think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, again, like, sometimes it seems so out of place. And then when the... Uh, Sorry, what was it? What was the proper name for it again? I've got the T and A song written in my notes. Oh, it's it was um, like Dance, Dance Ten, looks, Ten three. looks Three. That was just like, you know, that was obviously thrown in to be just like this big comic number. I think it would have stood out better if they didn't have so many other spurious comic numbers that had happened in amongst all this other serious stuff before it. Again, this is what another one of these movies where it's like, you know, where is this movie aimed at? Is it meant to be a comedy? Is it meant to be a drama? What's it meant to be? Yeah. They keep changing their minds. 
And it was like they've literally gone, we need to turn this into a movie. We're not going to think about, well, I mentioned before the whole family-friendly thing, but um, I even think dance, you know, families or even dances would have been, you know, possibly not, not won over by it as such. But, um, yeah, it, it's very hard to tell. It's like they just wanted to get the stage show on film and not really worry too much about where they're going with it. But I did, oh, sorry to keep talking about it, but I did dig out the, the soundtrack again before I before we chatted and I did look at the track listing of all the songs and admittedly, Pretty much every song from the mo- in the movie is in the stage, so with a couple of exceptions. So it does make you wonder if they could have fleshed it out a bit with having a few more other things happening, so that it felt like there was a bit more substance to it, rather than just song, song, song. Okay, you've got it or you haven't got it. <laughs> yeah, and then between that, they'd flash back to Cassie, just basically sitting around and not doing much until she finally just forces herself onto stage. To uh, to make Michael Douglas confront her, which is just like okay, that's something that happened. Yeah, and like, Cassie confused me. Yeah, and it, it was it was almost like they could have made her a character that possibly you know from the outset was in the chorus line, you know, rather than her having entered on you know through a taxi, you know, like you know pretty much um, crashing the the audition. She should have been part of the chorus line, and maybe the story comes out that that had an affair in the past. They could have handled it a lot differently, I think. So, but um, but another change too is I think it's called the music in the mirror. There's a song. Um, in the stage show, yeah, that was actually also quite popular. No, scrapped it and replaced it with Let Me Dance For You, which is the song that she sings to him one-on-one, which when you think about the lyrics for that, Let Me Dance For You, could that could she have been any more blatantly obvious about what she was there for? <laughs> yeah, she she really came off across a... Uh... Pretty desperate yeah. for, for but, that, and I always. But she's such. Sorry, go. she's such. A, she's meant to be this, such a great dancer, and like he's saying, he doesn't want her to dance in the chorus line because she's too good for it, and she left because she got this great gig in in Hollywood or something. So I was thinking, what happened after your great gig in Hollywood? You're now <laughs> back, broken, desperate to get in a. It, it, you know, to get in the the chorus of a musical being put on by the guy that you apparently used to date or something again. <laughs> if- all it really is is just him. What the flashbacks of him just watching her dance, and then they kind of just embrace briefly. I I, I don't get any of that sort of chemistry or tension uh, oh. off off them. Um, I'm for sure Michael Douglas could have carried it off, but the the, character, the uh, actress playing Cassie, yeah, she just comes across as desperate and needy, which I don't think was the intent. Oh, definitely not. And, and I, I thought it was quite funny, especially using that song and, you know, having, I always laugh in a musical how, you know, like most of the time, you know, in a musical, you, you kind of suspend disbelief and yeah cool they break out into a dance number but it's funny when they're having a one-on-one conversation you know let me dance to you then he has to stop and just keep watching her while she dances around the room for about two minutes and then comes back and goes let me dance for you and you're like isn't that what you've just been doing <laughs> but uh, yeah. you, you did get to the point where you're like okay michael just let her audition but i think she pretty much i think from that song on doesn't she always doesn't she just sort of weasel away in any way or he just says look join him anyway yeah, yeah, get gets to that uh, like he he cuts her off with his almighty outburst of Cassie. <laughs> he does and a few of them. He does does do a few of them, and and then they have a bit more of a chat, and then he basically tells her to go learn the song with the other ones who'd been sent off off stage to to learn the song they had to sing, and it's like okay, so she is going to get a chance. I tell you what, you got to be feeling pretty peeved that this woman just turned up who knew the director is suddenly learning the routines with you when you've been forced to talk about your lives in all sorts of intimate details in the lead up to that point. <laughs> and especially when you look in hindsight and yeah, nothing about her past except for the, the creepy watching flashbacks of her dancing, you know, really we're not given any sort of background into her. And I think that could have been something that the movie would could have lent itself to it could have been her having you know getting up on stage and revealing possibly what happened and, and making it a musical number so i don't know again things that may have worked on stage that just possibly didn't work in the movie or haven't worked in the movie 
or were forced into the movie that were part of the, the, the stage show to begin with, I think is, is more the case with, with a lot of the stuff with Cassie. So you're saying that that whole song of hers was was forced into the movie and was new for the movie. So that, that really, yeah, the more you talk about that, the more it feels that, that like 90% of that Cassie stuff just, just was created to try to give this movie... Um, more of a more of a subplot for for Michael Douglas to be involved with, rather than just being, as you said, this voice that's in the darkness off the stage instructing these people what to do. So that kind of makes sense for a movie, but yeah, it looks like it was pretty ham-fistedly pushed in there. Oh, and you know, like you even just saying that then makes me think, oh wow, they could have done a really interesting concept of having the director just this voice from the darkness in the movie, just that you know, with no sort of you know um, famous person attached to it. You know, there could have been you know some clever ways of doing it, but you know, it, it probably would have been quite hard for them being quite a stage-bound um, musical. But I have heard, I have heard people, or not people, sorry, I've heard heard of producers that you know that have adapted stage shows that have said sometimes it's better not to flesh something out. You, if it worked well on stage, it, you know, don't make them go outside if they don't need to. You know, things like that. And I think that's probably what this movie suffered from, from you know, quite a bit. And because a lot of that stuff with it is so heavy-handed and so serious, you mix it in with with more more of the lighter-hearted, just exuberant dancing, of which is quite a bit of just absolute exuberant dancing. (laughs) I'm I'm watching it. I'm watching it and getting exhausted just watching it. (laughs) Lots of shoulder rolls. (laughs) Yeah, and then you get this heavy-handed, serious bits, and you kind of just get thrown right off kilter. Do you want to be a fun dancing movie or a serious relationship drama? Make up your mind. Oh, like it could have weaved, they could have weaved it together so much better. I think, I, I don't know, but it's like I said earlier about, um, the whole, you know, cutting to Cassie all the time. I just wanted more of the, I wanted more songs. I wanted more of the, you know, of them on stage sort of, I don't know, maybe getting to some of the, you know, a bit more of serious songs as such. But, um, yeah, and whenever anyone's, as we've said, you know, that, that did get turned into songs are always sort of a comic relief, except for the one about, um, yeah, as you said, with the drama teacher where she ends up with, you know, he died and I felt nothing. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's weird. Yep. Change the subject onto the next thing. <laughs> that's the thing. These things are brought up and never really touched on again. But, oh no, we have to hear all about Cassie and, um, Zach the whole time, even though we don't really find out much about them anyway. But and even the connection with the you know the the choreographer obviously sort of takes him under her wing, you know, sort of as a mediator between the two. But you don't even sort of know. Obviously, they've worked together on a show, but you even sort of there wasn't even any development there with any kind of connection yet. So again, you weren't sort of wondering what was happening. As characters, I suppose, with with a relation to to the director and stuff like that. The the Sheila character, I found her much more interesting. Oh, she was um, great. I than, love the witty. Cassie. I, I love the witty one-liners. And I think she would have actually been quite a, a ballsy character to have had for, for Cassie, you know, to have Cassie quite like that. I liked that whole, you know, um, what am I going to be when I grow up and things like that sort of, you know, um, poking fun at her age, which I believe probably wouldn't have actually been that old anyway so but um it was funny because a lot of the like they do in a lot of the movies it's funny when some of them are saying that they're like 22 and i'm like you're not 22 (laughs) more like 32 (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely but um I mean, because, cause, yeah, she had the great line where, where she's sort of like, you know, saying, you know, oh, I'm sure you don't remember me, but we danced together. Oh, I remember you. Absolutely. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, great. You were a bad dancer. That's why I became a choreographer. Like... <laughs> I actually, well, that's the thing. I know it's sort of jumping ahead a bit. I liked that little bit at the end where it kind of like was like, yeah, it's been a big day, huh? And that all kind of were like, they kind of, that was when they sort of all dropped their guard down finally in the last like five yeah, minutes of the yeah. movie. <laughs> Yeah, again, another thing, you get these little moments that actually do seem genuine, uh, even though, you know, these songs are meant to be them expressing themselves genuinely. It never comes across until, yeah, just these little moments where everyone just seems to be relaxed and taking it easy and just saying words, and you go and... Okay, I can believe that. Yeah, where's that been the last like two hours? <laughs> and, uh, and like another another huge criticism the movie got was um, for the the song "What I Did for Love," which I think is is kind of a known song. It's kind of a you know it's, I, I often hear people <laughs> people always perform it in talent shows and things like that. And that's and that was actually changed as being 
originally a song, I, I don't know if it was sung by a group of them. It's the one that Cassie sings, you know, she's leaving, walking up the stairs at the end, which I, which I kind of thought was quite effective how they had them all sort of, you know, the rest of the dancers rehearsing in the background as she's sort of in the forefront sort of singing this, this other song. But it was supposed to be a song about singers singing about, you know, what I did for love, which is my passion for dancing. But in this, yet again, they've changed it to be pretty much Cassie going, you know, what I did for Zach. You know, missing the whole point entirely, which is a shame, but, you know, it's still kind of work. Because you can still hear them singing the song that they had learnt um, in in the background, and which is like a, a much more a fast-paced, livelier song, and, and that's slow, but, but like, they mix together really well. I, when it comes, I suppose, from a, a, a music point of view, like, I, I love it when two things that should be discordant mixed together and, and just make something which is just unique so that was I wasn't that impressed with the song she was singing but the arrangement of it and the way they mixed the two together that was great but yeah again you know uh, being sort of near the end of the movie you were sort of like already going yeah there wasn't really that many songs in the whole musical you sort of felt a bit ripped off and um, yeah um Having you know so close to the end, and then they they do that one singular sensation about three times in the lead up to it. But that's quite catchy. But I think it kind of could have had the movie could have lent itself to more of the glitz and glamour that they used in that scene. Yeah, yeah. Well, mind you, the songs that they did have went long. So, so those songs were so long. Oh, I know. And you got especially that final, yeah, that final number where it was just like they've obviously added mirrors to make it look like there's more and more of them, which is quite effective and very, very forties looking, you know. But yeah, it got to the mm. point where you're like you've repeated the chorus a million times. It's it hasn't. It's not one singular sensation. It's about a thousand <laughs> by now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because the other whole bit where where they they narrow it down to the ones that are actually going to make it, and of course they do the. Uh, the bait and switch by calling out specific people and then saying, okay, front line, you can go. So you go, oh, look at that. Oh, Cassie's still there. Gee, everyone who just got kicked out must have been pretty peeved at this woman that turned up halfway through this long, long, long audition process, (laughs) made the final cut, and they didn't. <laughs> but if you notice, it, I'd be peeved. Notice it's every time it's after she gets accepted. Every time she sings a song, so that must be her way to get through. She just sings right. a production number, and yeah, I, I thought that too. But the part I find like it, it was good that they included everyone, but I found it weird that they yeah eliminated those people, and then the ones that got through in the next shot, we're seeing you know you know the scene from the from the show where they're at doing it, and then the mirrors move, and then we see all the people that were eliminated kind of clever to sort of remind us of them but it was also a bit confusing where you're like oh did he change his mind and choose them as well or <laughs> it's exactly what i thought i thought <laughs> oh did he suddenly work out that he didn't want to cut them and he wanted them all and then like i said you had the mirrors making it look a lot bigger but they kept just kept adding people so i think by the end of it everyone who was originally auditioning was was up on that stage just in this big number surrounded by mirrors so you you didn't know where they finished around it <laughs> and you're going okay so everybody made it in hooray i guess that's a happy ending yeah i'm like i think maybe it was a metaphor for you know for everyone this is their dream and they'll get it so oh, i don't know but yeah it was quite a strange thing i actually thought that what they could have done is um rather than him eliminating he could have just said to the all the people that we've got to know for you know, the 12 or whatever people, he could have just said, I can't decide, I'm going to go with 12 and not 8, or something like that where they all stay. It was just a bit of a weird way to end it, as, as we said, where <laughs> the other ones kind of walk off and the next thing they're, they're in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, if there was a bit more of an extended time between that and them coming back, or if the chorus, or if the credits had started properly before they started refilling everyone, I suppose it probably wouldn't have felt that weird. But no, it it did. It did feel weird. And again, there's just like the one chorus of the song that the <laughs> chorus line keeps singing over and over again as they just expand to this massive, glittery, massive, bouncing gold. <laughs> He's going, okay, okay. Oh, there's the credits. Okay. And then they repeat the song again. <laughs> over the credits. Okay. <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, but at, least the, at least you got the font. <laughs> we did. Oh, yes, the font was back. <laughs> but I, I, um, oh, I was going to say about that. So, oh, I can't remember now. But, yeah, it's um, 
definitely repeated quite a lot too. So, but but oh, that's what I was going to say is when I did first suggest this movie, as, as you said when you brought it up on IMDb, ah, oh, look at the glitzy, you know, the gl- you know, the gold costumes and all that, and that's what they use on the cover art of the DVD, luring people in, and it's only this <laughs> short little bit at the end. I suppose um, people in um, 80s leotards don't sell movie musicals, I suppose. I guess, oh, but, but glittery gold leotards, that's another <laughs> that's story. Okay. <laughs> it couldn't get them over the line, though. It still didn't make its money back. <laughs> No, no, it did not. Maybe they spent too much on the uh, on the glittery gold. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they had a big mirror budget too. <laughs> I'm getting that oh, feeling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they 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 definitely uh, use those mirrors quite a bit. <laughs> okay, so uh, because what well, we have actually gotten ourselves to the credits of the movie, Christian, was there any other uh, anything else that you wanted to mention from? from the movie that we haven't covered over yet? Well, interestingly, we've actually managed to cover it. It is a very... Uh, um, this isn't part of my review, but it is a very slight film in terms of, you know, like, if for a two-hour movie, you know, there's there's not too much to report on, so I, I found that kind of refreshing. But, yeah, I think I've I've managed to say um, say what I'd like without um, spoiling my, um, <laughs> my verdict. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, then I think we shall move on to the verdict. So you did choose this one, Christian, so I shall go first, as is our tradition. And the first thing was this was a bit of a surprise, especially since I didn't know that it was a 99% audition. So many of the songs were overlong, and really, in some cases, the whole setup of the song was just so contrived. But this was backed up by some very well-done choreography, and, and it was genuine too. Like, you actually get shots of these people even three quarters of the way through these dance numbers, and you can see the sweat dripping off them. And, you, you know, it's just it's this physicality of the dancing, which which I found was something that, that helped bring it back up for me. There were a number of the characters initially that seemed like they were going to annoy me, but as we got to spend more time with them, you know what? I did actually come to, to like most of the characters, not you, Cassie, you can stay <laughs> off stage. <laughs> And look, look, seriously, I'm not going to be rushing back to this one, but I did find it mostly enjoyable, and even with that handful of moments that that took me out of it. So it was close to the line, Christian, I will say that. But at the end of the day, there is enough there for me to say that this movie is redeemable. Oh, wow. I, I must admit, while I was watching it, I was thinking, oh, Trev, I was imagining you watching this, Trevor, going, this is so not Trevor's kind of thing, so... Oh, I'm, I'm there, actually, was, I'm there were times I was going, Christian! <laughs> <laughs> I know, even I was watching parts of it going, oh, God, Trevor has to watch that as well. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually very surprised, surprised, sorry, but, okay, no, you never have to hear that song again, unless you watch the movie again, but no, that's, that's um, actually really good to hear, so, well, um, look, a lot of the stuff you said, Trevor, you know, it, it very much, you know, echoed. And I know that we, um, we've said a lot of this stuff before. I felt Michael Douglas was wasted in the role. I thought the role of Zach, you know, they could have possibly done a lot more with or, or left him as the voice in the dark. And, and the Cassie subplot, as we've said, was pretty much just annoying. And, and, um, I would have liked to have them to have focused more on the, the stage antics and, and focused on, you know, possibly not giving them all, but giving most of them as a, a song rather than, say, three or four. Or so, um, yeah, I said before, it's not, it's very slight. The movie hasn't got much guts, and you can really tell it's, it's, um, stage roots. And, um, it does definitely make me want to see the stage show. I, I missed it when it came here in 2013. So, wishing I'd seen it now, because I think it would really sizzle a lot more on, on, uh, on stage than it did on screen. It just sort of felt a bit flat. But, you know, the times when they did bring in these interesting choreography and, and, um, these sort of visual effects with a few of the characters, yeah, I kind of dug it. And, Really, as a movie, it didn't drag. I think it got over an hour into it, and I still sort of hadn't thought, oh, it's taking a while. So, um, but yeah, how, how do you take such a simple show about a, a line of people auditioning, um, you know, and turn it into a, a sort of a, a glamorous kind of 80s musical? So that's probably where it fell flat. So very much like you, Trevor, not a bad movie at all. I, you know, I've watched this several times in the past, and with my redeeming features hat on, I, I still can say that happily find this movie redeemable and maybe I'll, I might think differently if I've seen the stage show but at this stage I um yeah definitely find it a redeemable movie fantastic it surprised me <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah that's great we've got a redeemable movie and one that I wasn't actually expected to be able to redeem when I first started watching it so I'm particularly happy here 
Woohoo! Oh, I'm inter- this is what redeeming features is about. <laughs> oh, thank gosh. So, I pick one. I'm interested to know, Trevor, what did, did, did Susie's um, thoughts echo your um, yours as well when she watched it with you? Yeah, yeah. By the end of it, she she was basically saying that she, that she enjoyed it. So uh, it's redeemable from Susie as well, oh, and that's pretty. Leads on nicely to another opinion we got. Um, Adam got on on Facebook when we put out the call for uh, for for people to comment on features redeeming or otherwise, and he told us that this movie has a fantastic soundtrack, but they missed the whole point of the stage plot. <laughs> <laughs> Something we I think we've sort of established now. So, but yeah, at least he agrees. A great soundtrack, and and, and maybe um yeah, maybe even better on stage. <laughs> there we go. So we well we've redeemed the movie, which is fantastic. Uh, I, I think you maybe gave it a little bit more enthusiasm than I did, but we got there. Uh, but of course, this movie, as always, does have its fans, and I do like to finish on a nice up note, not involving Cassie. So. <laughs> I've got a five-star review to finish us off, and the title of this one is One of the Greatest Musicals with a Plus. Chorus Line is clearly one of the greatest musicals, filled with the reality of the casting for a Broadway show. The story, performances, and music are all top-notch. I have been fascinated by the story for another reason. It presents some fascinating insights into the selection process for performers. Insights which should be better applied to the world outside of performance. Here, it's the performance itself that matters. The original live show was great. The movie does a great job of putting it to film. Five stars. Oh, well, they're, they're a lot more enthusiastic than I was, though. <laughs> so, oh, good. Someone that liked the stage show and the movie, so... They exist. <laughs> they do exist. I was having my doubts about that, but we did find one that did exist. Ah, <laughs> oh, but we've, we've redeemed it. No pressure on you or anything at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And uh, really, after doing this, it really got me wanting to watch another movie I hadn't seen yet. So uh, I went digging around in the... the uh, Lists of movies that had grabbed my interest previously, but then turned out to uh, not do that well, that I had not yet me, me yet got to see. So what I'm doing is I'm checking out a movie that caused a bit of a stir not that long ago. It was billed as an epic blockbuster, but it barely made back its budget, and generally was mercilessly savaged by the critics. The fans of this movie, they they often point out that that they feel that the controversy. Uh, regarding the casting choices, especially given the subject matters, uh, and the accusations of whitewashing basically meant none of the reviewers were willing to give it a good review. So I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, <laughs> but that's what I've, uh, I've come across. Uh, it stars the likes of Jared Butler. Uh, a previous uh, Redeeming Features visitor, Jeffrey Rush, is in there. And uh, Chadwick Boseman makes an appearance, and he's making a bit of a stir at the moment, as he was introduced as Black Panther in the Marvel movies. And uh, so we're going to harken back to the ancient times of 2016, and we're going to spend some time with the gods of Egypt. <laughs> I can't, I don't even know anything about that. I don't think I've even heard of it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it made you joke. I know. Sorry about that. But yeah, oh, well, I'm, I'm up for something that I haven't even heard of or seen before. So, Gods of Egypt. It's like t- the ancient time of 2016. I can't believe I didn't even... <laughs> I suppose, yeah, with a title like that, I don't think it would have really captured my interest, but I'm, I'm willing to give it a go. Yeah, I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of of hype <laughs> to begin with, and they just kind of faded away, <laughs> and the movie kind of just turned up and went, so... That's what happened. But you'll be happy to know, Christian, that this one is uh, is over two hours long. So I've actually picked a long one for a change. Oh gosh! Oh well, I've, you've given me early warning, so I will go in with that in mind. So okay, wish me luck. <laughs> but let's awesome. see. It's good that you haven't seen it as well. So we're both going in with with fresh eyes. So. This is going to be an interesting one then. Uh, now, if anybody wants to check out Gods of Egypt before our next podcast, uh, it is available to stream on Foxtel now. Or you can rent or buy it from Dendy Direct, iTunes, Google Play, or the PlayStation and Microsoft stores. So uh, certainly it's out there, it's available, and uh, feel free to check it out 
before our next podcast. And if you do, you can get in touch with us to let us know if you've got any redeeming features, or even if you want to get in touch and uh, let us know if we uh, if you agree with what we thought of a chorus line. Were we too generous? Were we too rough? Let us know. Uh, so you can do that by heading to our homepage, rufusproject.com, and leaving a comment in the uh, in the comment section below this very episode you can head to facebook you can find the rufus project there or the rufus project on twitter as well or you can send us an email to podcast at rufusproject.com we would love to hear you and we would definitely love to hear your thoughts or your suggestions it would all be awesome Definitely, and, and what a great way to go out with um, having um, both redeemed the film <laughs> this time around. Yes. So let's see what we can do with Gods of Egypt. I'm interested. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I remember seeing it the first trailer and just going, ooh, and then again. <laughs> and then never hearing <laughs> about of, it again. <laughs> <laughs> then it kind of fell by the wayside. But anyway, uh, that's what happens. Speaking of things not falling by the wayside... <laughs> Christian, I understand that you've got some pretty cool stuff coming up uh, for anyone who lives in the Brisbane area and enjoys having a good time. Oh, yes, definitely. There's always something coming out. Too many to mention, but um, and I've got a lot of cult films like Blue Velvet, Tank Girl, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original 90s movie, which always gets a good crowd, actually. Um, we've got the Rocky Horror Picture Show with live floor show, including um, two people from the podcast. I won't mention their names. <laughs> oh, I wonder. There's so many of us. <laughs> yeah, I've heard they're pretty awesome, though. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and a few 70s and 80s parties coming up at New Fun Bowls Club in the next couple of months so head to christianfletcher.com because there's honestly too many to mention so there's always something coming up fantastic and uh, i'm definitely looking forward to september always fun to don the riffraff outfit and (laughs) get up on that stage and uh if uh if you want to listen to something a bit different uh the other rufus project podcast what the history is certainly available as well that's at wth pod.rufusproject.com and that's myself and my wife Susie talking about uh, a couple of bits of bizarre history uh, to make you say what the history is. A nice quick fun podcast, seriously it goes for like 20 minutes max most times and uh, it's definitely worth having a listen to. It's good fun and uh, we'd love you to get on board with that one as well. Definitely recommend it. Woohoo! <laughs> so, <laughs> on that note uh, we shall be back in a couple of weeks' time. Always, uh, always hoping, always assuming that we survive the wrath of the gods of Egypt. <laughs> I'm hoping we come out unscathed and, ha- and have two redeemable movies in a row. I think that would be good. <laughs> I think we redeemed the, la- the last one. Oh, it was Scott Pilgrim. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah we, we did that one. Yeah, we definitely did. Oh, so yes, we have. Oh, can we go? Can we do the trifecta? <laughs> Oh dear, now there's even more pressure on me. Oh no. <laughs> I hope you chose wisely. <laughs> I probably didn't, but you know, as if you know, no, no, only one way to find out. And, um, I think on that note, we better wrap things up. So as always, Christian, this has been an awesome, awesome chat. Fantastic. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I look forward to chatting Gods of Egypt. See you then. Since the gods walked among us, before the fury swept over our land, before the war that divided us for eternity, and I'm fit to be king. It's my turn now. taken over Egypt and enslaved its people. Only one God can save us, but not without his eyes. Steal from a God. Only a madman would try such a thing. Where do you suppose we could find someone so mad? Set up for me. We need your help. Soon we'll rule all the world. So how do we stop him? Try to keep up. You know what's waiting. Set has an army behind him. 
gods, beasts, demons. Bow before me or die. I won't make that mistake. Is that a storm? Sets hunters riding the pets. We should run! Run? We mortals do it all the time! But it's good, what's it? Do you think we should have got back? I love dodgy creatures, but we want to know what the redeeming features. Boy? Oh boy. Christian and Trevor on the case, watching movies from all over the place. I'm the beast, it's bad, but we want to know what that fun to be had. Boy? Oh boy. Redeeming features. <laughs> 